Blog Talk Radio. that we face today in our world 
way history is presented, from the information that is brought forth and left out, from the things people can say and can't say, the restrictions and the way that information is pushed on us. All of those things, I think, if common sense and the actual truth were to be a factor, I think it would be a much different experience that we have as humans. Now, here's where things start getting rich. Generally, we'll have a topic. Sometimes we have a topic that we expand on multiple shows. This is going to be one of those. As we're going through keeping our one-hour show to a one-hour show, which, of course, I struggle with, um, we're going to talk about commitment. Commitment. And I want you all to think about that word. I want to, We're going to go through a, a definition of commitment. We're going to talk about aspects of commitment. We're going to talk about the importance of commitment. We're going to talk about how to recognize it. How to identify with it. Maybe how to get some. Maybe how to join others that have some. I think it's a really important word, and I think it's really short in short supply on the planet today as we speak. I think there's a lot of really uh, narrow-minded, short-sighted people that wander around right now, and they're grabbing and growling and doing everything they can to get that thing they want. But commitment, commitment's that long game. Commitment's the, the thing that we do because we, we agreed to. We said we would. We mean it. And we're going to talk about commitment. Um, I got Mike Webb on the line first up today, and uh, he's going to give us a quick update about his candidacy and actually a defendant that we're supporting and that's in need of uh, character letters for his sentencing and a pretty impressive bit of news that came through. So that's kind of interesting, and I'm looking forward to hearing about that. If you want to call in, and you can call in and, and give me grief, or you can call in and, and, and give me some love, or you can call in and share an idea, tell us a story about what's going on with you, or maybe, maybe commit to helping us make the world a better place. That would be even better. We're going to talk about that a lot today and, and, and forever, probably, until we fix everything that's broke. Um, so... That's what the show is all about today. Well, I guess I'm going to do a little bit of definitions here. I'm going to go through a quick um, definition, simple Google definition of the word commitment. And remember, this is um, a topic that we're going to spend a little bit of time on for the next several shows because there's a lot of content connected to this. So this is just straight out of the dictionary, um, a definition of commitment. It's a noun, the state or quality of being dedicated to a cause, activity, etc. The company's commitment to quality is an example, and a synonyms would be dedication, devotion, allegiance, loyalty, faithfulness, fidelity, bond, adherence, and attentiveness. So think about those things for a second. The other second definition, also a noun, is the other side of that coin, 
but maybe equally as important. An engagement or obligation that restricts freedom of action. Interesting. Business, business commitments would be an example of that. And synonyms would be responsibility, obligation, duty, tie, charge, liability, burden, pressure, undertaking, task, engagement, and arrangement. And I would propose this, that if you make a devotion, an allegiance, a loyalty, a bond, then you are putting upon yourself a responsibility, an obligation, and a duty. And the two things are absolutely tied together in a way that I think if we were to be mindful of that, you'd recognize when they're not. You would understand when something is maybe not being adhered to. So that's where I'm going to start. This week, this Monday, was my wife's birthday. My wife, Liz, who you've seen pop in and out of this show, you've seen her if you've been engaged with the Human Solution, you've met her, is a perfect example of commitment. 25 or so years ago, um, her and I got together, and uh, I was recently divorced and in no way, shape, or form looking for a marriage partner and certainly wasn't looking to raise any more kids. And uh, I met this woman and everything changed and broke all my rules and uh, recognized that there was something special about her. But at that very same time, I had a commitment in my heart, in my life, to the care and maintenance of some cannabis plants, quite a few of them, as a matter of fact, and it was a part of my life to grow and make things with and consume and distribute and all those things that were highly illegal 25 years ago and still are, for that matter. And I had to let her know early on in our relationship that, hey, uh, i got to tell you about something about me, and it's uh, I, I grow pot. And sometimes I grow a lot of it. And uh, I know that not everybody's into that. And if you're not into that, it's probably going to be a deal breaker on my end because I'm not planning on stopping. And uh, in a pretty quick time, wasn't immediate, but pretty quick time, she looked at me and said, all right, I can deal with that. That was the first bit of commitment that I experienced. On both sides, uh, we recognized our issues and uh, decided to move forward. Within a few months of that time, I proposed marriage to her, also a commitment. She accepted that proposal, and less than a years later, uh, less than a year later, we were married. 1996, we got married. So you can do the math on that. I think it's 24 years coming up this year. And, uh, you know, marriage is not a thing that is for the faint-hearted. Um, it's not a thing that's easy. It's not a thing that is always fun. It's a thing that can be very rewarding. But what it is, more than anything, is a commitment. 
It's the thing that says, this is important. This is important enough to do and hold as important as a marker that says, I've already committed to this. I'm not doing that other thing. And a lot of people don't have what it takes to maintain that. It's never going to be always fun and games. There's going to be dark times and difficult times. And, and Lord knows, I put this woman through a lot. Um, I, I'm, I'm a bit of a extremist when it comes to big ideas and making things happen. I've always been that way and, uh, you know, took on some risky endeavors. And uh, she didn't expect a battle with the government and, and, and to set up a nonprofit and all of the things that we've been doing, uh, the human solution in itself, what a commitment that has been. And all the people we've dealt with and had to deal with and all the headaches and hassles and dramas that have come and gone. And stay in the course, that commitment. But you know what? This woman has... Uh, been through the worst. Hopefully she's been through the worst of it all and we're we're on to some better times. It seems that way, but um, she's remained committed and demonstrated to all of you that it can be done. And so I just want to honor that on her birthday a couple of days later that, uh, you know, there's a huge value to a commitment and I wish more of us had it. Um, Earlier this week, I was going through cleaning a bunch of emails out of my uh, out of my box. And I didn't realize it, but an old uh, email address that was mine for many, many, many years was connected to my new email address. <coughs> and in my effort to clean these things out, I come upon emails that went all the way back to 2010. Ten years of emails. I cleared out, I think, like 6,000 emails. And it was interesting, it was touching, it was many ways heartbreaking, inspiring in some ways, that through these emails I, I, I reverse lived through, in backwards time, the evolution of the Human Solution International. And I, I relived in, in real time a lot of these emails that were our history, and um, I'll hopefully get some time to talk about this today, but we'll we'll see how that goes. Um, but it, it was quite an experience to see the commitment that some folks have had and others have not. Um, the things that keep people from moving forward, the things that change, um, the amount of people that have actually died over the years people that were committed, that, that helped out, that have been instrumental through our history and, and, and the things that we've been able to do and aren't with us anymore. And that demonstrate the reason why we do a lot of the work we do is to make it to where maybe they didn't have to die. Maybe they didn't have to die so soon. Maybe today if prohibition was over or the stress of all of the injustices we work to change, Maybe they'd still be here. Legacy work, folks. Legacy work. Look it up. That's what this is all about. This isn't about getting Facebook famous. This isn't about 
um, you know, being the one that takes the credit. This isn't about, um, you know, it's not about your case, for God's sake. It's not about my case. It's about fixing these problems so that our great-grandkids don't have to deal with them. I had a conversation today with a guy who we're going to be working with, and I had a meeting to talk to him about getting involved with the Walk for Change and the Human Solution and some of our messaging, because I realized, and I realize that our problem isn't our mission. Our problem isn't our, our work. You know, the Human Solution International is exists solely, solely to educate and support people that are going through injustices. We exist solely to change some of these injustices through efforts like the Walk for Change. Now, there's not anything not to like about that. There isn't anybody who would come up to me and say, well, that's a bad idea. There's not a single person that's ever done that. In fact, it's quite the opposite. Most people come up and say, I support you, man. And then, oh, sorry, I forgot about that radio show thing. Oh, yeah, how's that uh, thing going? How's that uh, nonprofit thing happening? You know, there's a big difference in saying I support you and actually supporting you. It's a difference of a commitment. Are we seeing kind of a thread that's starting to roll here? This is big and heavy stuff because the changes that we seek to make are changes that are going to be legacy changes, changes that are going to change the paradigm, changes that are going to make this world fixed. You know, the problems of humanity have been progressively getting less from the very beginning. If you think about it, you know, study some ancient history and see the world that we used to live in. And look at where we are today. We've come a long way, but we've got a long way to go. You know, you look at how things used to be. And not that long ago, a thousand years ago, was not a better place than today for a lot of reasons. 10,000 years ago, definitely not a better place. 20,000 years ago, whoa, way worse place. The earth might have been better off, but humanity, not so much. Big struggles. Big, big struggles. You think you got problems today? Nah, no problems today. The problems today that we have are problems that can be fixed with our minds, with our words, with our hearts, with our attitudes. We don't need to fix them with huge struggles, although a huge struggle will help it to happen faster. Think about that. Think about as you're going along through your life and deciding where you're going to put your attention. Maybe, maybe just maybe, you'll decide, hey, you know what? I want to look at what, at the world I want to see. You know, we like to complain. We like to talk about the problem. Ah, this matters and that matters. Well, great. Show me how. How can it be changed? Show me how it could be different because I can the Human Solution International is working on restructuring its messaging, making it easier to understand. Apparently, we've been a little a little higher-minded than most folks, or many folks. It takes a little work to actually go into our sites and 
understand what we're about. Well, okay, we're going to simplify things. Make it easier to understand. Make it easier to participate. Make it easier to get it, to get what this is about. And I think if you get what it's about and you're honest about what you really want, I can't see why you wouldn't help. One of the things that I want to bring up before we start jumping into guests, because I believe Craig Cecil is going to be joining us in a few minutes. Um, we have another guest that I think is going to be coming, a, a guy running for uh, political office, looking to start a new party. Um, I got Mike Webb, I got Dana, um, and certainly I've got plenty to talk about. But one of the tells, you know, if you're a poker player, you know that you're always looking for a tell. There's, it's a way to see what's going to happen. If we look at people's eyes, micro expressions, twitches, um, we have tells. They say you can tell if a person is friendly or not, if you trust them or not, it happens within seconds, microseconds. It happens with um, being able to look in somebody's eye. It happens It happens with um, um, micro expressions with smiles and frowns and errant series running around trying to take over a conversation, all kinds of crazy crap. One of the things that I would... I would offer, picture this, if you will, as a famous man once said, what if we were to judge people by their actions? What if we were to look at a person's body of work? What if we were actually to look somebody up before we decided to spend time with them? You know, there's an old saying that says, no good deed goes unpunished. And that's largely true. We're going to talk a little bit about that. But the truth is, not all good deeds go unpunished. Not all good deeds have to go unpunished. Why can't we do some good in the world without suffering for it? How can we do good in the world without suffering for it? I propose we spend some time investigating people. There's a lot of gypsies and and, and hucksters and, and... and people that cause drama and problems throughout this world, lots of them. They're everywhere. And I would propose to you that most people that find themselves on hard times and stay there, I don't mean people that have hard times. I certainly had a rough patch there. But when you see somebody on hard times, are they pounding their way out of it? Are they working hard on their own while they're asking you for help? Or are they putting up GoFundMe pages and saying, help me, help me, with limp hands and weak voices? My experience is that just about everybody I've ever given money to, on the regular especially, if it's been more than once, everybody that I've let live in my house, with very few exceptions, and there's been many, everybody that I've gone out of my way to try to help raise up that wasn't pushing back and helping at the same time, equally or more, generally more, those situations always went bad. Why? Well, maybe it's for me to learn. Maybe it was my lesson. Now, there's been plenty of people I've helped up. Generally, it's a it's a quick leg up. And then the next thing you know, they're, they're off doing it on their own. 
or it's somebody that's got an effort. They're pounding, they're pounding, they're pounding, and you get in and you help them pound and you break through. That's another good tell. But I would propose that before we go and, 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 and see the next enthusiastic person that comes our way and they're, You've seen them, you know them, you recognize them. They're all over the place. And next thing you know, hey, I got a little, had a bad thing happen. Can you hook me up? Can you help me? Take a minute. Instead of being sucked into that enthusiasm and energy, take a minute. Take a minute. Look them up. See where you've been. Where you're going. Ask them, you know, because I guarantee you, if there's somebody that's actually person that 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 has something in common with you i mean i'm not i am not saying don't be charitable folks i'm not saying don't help the guy that's just laying in the street and needs some help i'm not saying that at all i'm just saying we good people like to think that we're able to better somebody's life so we go and we we do extraordinary measures to try to do that and many times we find ourselves frustrated and, and upset because those efforts were turned back around on us and somehow went south and sour, um, sometimes in a dramatic and, and harmful way, you know. So I would just propose, and as, as somebody who's been involved with the nonprofit, an all-volunteer nonprofit, for more than 10 years now, I can tell you from personal experience that generally the most enthusiastic people with the exception of those that present solutions and that present action. But everybody who comes, with very few exceptions, over 10 years, and that's dozens if not maybe even hundreds of people, they've all walked away, they've all left, and many of them left with bombs behind them, with with dramas and problems. Many of them. Now, some of them caused us grief and introduced us to somebody who did us good. Some of them caused us grief and caused us to think differently so that those things didn't happen again. Not saying there's not reasons for it, but another element of this is failure. We'll talk about failure in future shows, but remember failure. Failure is your school. Embrace it. Love it, learn from it, and move on. There's no reason to fail twice at the same thing. And I, I, I embrace failure. Um, anybody who doesn't fail doesn't try. But to keep doing the same thing that's not working over and over again and expect that one day it will, that's insanity and foolishness. All right, so that all being said, there will be a test on this at the end of the show. And the winner will receive a prize. The prize, as you know, for helping out change the world are unlimited intangible benefits, things of which you could not imagine, nor could you comprehend unless you touch and feel them on your own. Everybody who knows that helping others for the point of just making the world better is truly a gift and gives back so many ways, so many times. And that's why... Those of us that stay the course, that are committed, um, that raise up the Human Solution International to a level of commitment that carries itself on. Ten years later, we're still doing it. 
We're still doing it better, better and better than we've ever done it. Our team today is better than it's ever been, and I almost feel like I'm rambling a little bit. So I'm going to ground myself down and get myself to a guest. we got Mike Webb up first, and uh, he was on Zoom, and now he's on the phone. And uh, people do that. They uh, they move here and there. But, Mike, uh, you're live on the air. Welcome to the show. Um, for those hey, of you who haven't you. met Mike, um, he is currently running for the Kansas House of Representatives and uh, has got a primary election coming up in August that will likely um, tell the winner of this outcome. And he's also chapter coordinator with Sarah um, who are chapter coordinators for the Kansas chapter of the Human Solution International and are currently uh, working on numerous cases, and we have a plan of action that's laying out right now. Mike, why don't you uh, give us an update? Welcome to the show. Thanks, Joe. Yeah, I, I couldn't hear what was going on on the Zoom, and that's why I just called in. Uh, but, yeah, uh, you, you know, with the, the cases, <laughs> yeah. The cases we've been dealing with, you know, there's not going to be any trials going on right now. Uh, we talked to Philip earlier today, and I don't know if he's called in, but, you know, Philip was talking to his attorney, and they offered him the most, you know, they're, you know, they're trying to give these people like three or four felonies for .02 grams of marijuana. And I'm just like, I would like to go, I would take something like that to trial just to have them show that to the jury. You know, like we got COVID-19, we got all these things going on, and this is what you're trying to send somebody to prison for. You know, you can't even show it. after. There's no KBI result. There absolutely is not because that's not enough for them to test. So the whole thing is a waste of time. Yeah, I wonder, I wonder, um, I wonder if, if the attorney that is on this case would be able to bring into evidence that generally the amount of cannabis that's required to be tested is at least a gram. And that's just to be able to determine what it's made of. And they can test for the presence of THC, but that in no way, shape, or form would determine is it qualified as hemp or would it be qualified as marijuana. So, um, I mean, just on that alone, uh, you would think, that if we could get a halfway decent attorney to bring that into evidence, that that would be grounds to throw that case out right off the bat. Well, not only that, but they're trying to charge three people with the same .02 grams <laughs> of marijuana. Kathy, well, her 17-year-old son, and Philip. Maybe I mean, you it's have the most ridiculous a thing. prosecutor who's able to multiply the loaves and, um, you know, make that cannabis Enough for everybody. Right. Yeah, I don't know exactly how they're trying to work it. It doesn't make any sense. I wish that things weren't going on the way they are so that we could speak more directly to his attorney and kind of, you know, ask them some questions. Because a lot of times these public defenders don't really, you know, first off, they don't really try. And, and second, they don't even understand what's going on with the system and what can be done and what can't be done. And you just got to kind of point them in the right direction. Yeah, as a rule, but we found good public defenders, but generally it's really hard to get um, a vigorous defense from a public defender, that's for sure. Yeah, I think, Jeff, that our biggest, my biggest opportunity, because, you know, I wrote a letter to Governor Laura Kelly about medical marijuana, 
and how if there's five bills in legislation saying that most people could be patients, you should at least hold all criminal cases right now until the next year when you could decide whether it was criminal or medical. I mean, at the very least, because you're potentially sending people to prison for something that you already agree is could be a medical condition. And I think that um, I'm going to take another swing, another different approach at the Pachyderm Club. I'm actually going to try to encourage the – I'm going to explain it to them. You know, criminal justice reform, you don't have to be elected. You don't have to do pass a law. All they got to do is get together and write a letter of intent, give it to the attorney general and the secretary of corrections and say, hey, look, this is what we want to do. They could literally pause all criminal convictions right now. I'm not saying throw them away. I'm just saying hold on to them until next year. And until people get patient, would fit that criteria, they're no longer a criminal. And if they are, then you could proceed with proceedings. Plus COVID-19 is going on. I mean, this is, this is a serving thing all the way around the board. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that um, it, it's a generally accepted idea that morally it would be better to let Ten people go free that committed an act than to wrongfully convict somebody and imprison them. And we do that constantly. You know, there was just a case recently that I heard about a lady. It was a horrible case to the victim, but the victim misidentified a rapist, and this guy went to prison for, I don't know, 18 years, and then science came out of they found out that it wasn't this guy and you know of course this lady who thought she was you know found justice now had to deal with the horror that she herself made that mistake and, and this guy got wrongfully convicted it happens all the time but but imagine it happening over something that shouldn't even be a crime at all like like a nonviolent drug offense um, well, and it be it, Joe. It see yeah. we're and another another thing, Joe, is we're in Kansas, and so that gives us the ability to see the future. This is something we can do to take steps to protect law enforcement from prosecuting laws that people think are just. So that eases them also. I mean, this plays into a huge realm of things. It's not just one thing. You know, we can prevent the things that are happening in California and Chicago from happening here taking proactive action to right some of the wrongs before people start demanding it and pissing over statutes. Yeah, you know, the thing of it is, is we have, we're, we're better equipped today than we ever have been to make good, positive change that would be lasting and have the least amount of, of, of blowback, and yet it's, we just don't do it. And, you know, that's why the human solution and the walk for change, I think, is so important. One of the things that we're working on right now, and I would encourage anybody that's listening to get involved, and this is important. This is maybe one of the most important things. And Mike has nailed it, not only by taking an action by running for office, but by going through and saying, look, we got these problems, but we're going to lay out some solutions. We're going to lay out some specific goals and specific ways to get to them. And I would encourage anybody who wants to participate in that, which I think would actually make some difference to get involved with the Human Solution Walk for Change and up on either of our websites and say, hey, um, we're spelling out what these solutions are going to be. We're spelling out ways that we can correct some of the society's problems in our criminal justice system brought with them. So 
that's certainly, um, you know, I encourage that. Now, why don't you tell us a little bit about Frank Crudo and, uh, and, and his situation? Uh, well, Frank Crudo, we've been doing a letter writing campaign. We've gotten several letters. I even got our, con- our current incumbent to write a letter, even though he won't release it to me. Because I don't, he, I don't, uh, he, he said something like he felt like it was trying to influence the lawyer too much to send it to the lawyer instead of the uh, judge, whatever. But oh, I wrote Frank and asked him to make sure to get in touch with his attorney to verify that that letter got there because he said he wrote it on stationery from the Capitol. So hopefully he did all that. Um, he's coming on July 10th. He has a hearing that'll set the date for sentencing. So he probably won't have sentencing till late August, maybe September. Um, so, so that's what Frank's case is at. Knows, on the Human Solution International website, we have um, calls to action. One of the calls to action is a sentencing letter on behalf of uh, Glenn and Peggy. Um, and this one is either there or will be there soon. Um, and it's a really important thing to anybody who thinks that they want to step in and take a, a proactive approach to life. Um, you can have an effect on the outcome of a sentencing hearing. And even if this guy was guilty, um, the sentence for a nonviolent drug offense should be uh, always less than prison for sure. And the influence of people putting out character reference letters and things like that um, can be profound. So uh, it's a way that you can participate and, and help, you know, get involved and look for more cases because there's always uh, – th- this is an ongoing issue, and the, the more you do it, the better you get at it, the easier it is, and the more likely you are to tell somebody else to get involved. Um, thus, the solution increases. So. Mike, finally, um, you know your campaign. You're running for, you're running for office. You know, you're you're walking the walk. I, I, I'm excited this year, this election cycle. I personally know more political candidates um, than I've ever than I've ever known. Most of them are running for state offices. Some of them are running for federal offices, um, and it's exciting to to know that I could actually endorse somebody and believe in it and and. You know, if I was to live in the district, I could actually vote for somebody that I would actually want to be in office rather than the, choosing the lesser of two weeks I end up having to do. So um, if somebody wants to get involved and participate with your campaign or help out in any way, how would they get a hold of you? Uh, you could just fill out a form on MikeWebForKansas.com. Uh, that'd be the easiest way. And, of course, if you want to do anything for the Human Solution International, we're on THSINTL.org, or you can go to the Kansas chapter of the Human Solution on Facebook and send us a message. We do have all kinds of things for volunteers to do right now, so uh, and not just for the campaign but for the Human Solution. You know, we're still working on the Walk for Change and the math areas there and stuff like that. So uh, we've actually got a whole lot on our plate right now. You know, we've also got a business about to start jumping off too here pretty quick, so. We're pretty excited about all the things developing out here at one time. Lots of good things happening. So, um, you know, that's exciting. And uh, it's great to be able to be on the proactive side of things. We've been for more than 10 years supporting people that are defending themselves and fighting for their freedom. Um, But to get on the other side of it and get onto the offense uh, for once in a while is certainly uh, a lot easier on the soul and and, uh, a lot more exciting. So, uh, 
Mike Webb, I appreciate you coming up and uh, sharing your your uh, efforts with us and uh, do everything we can to support you. All right. Thanks, Joe. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you very much. Mike Webb, Mike Webb for uh, representative in Kansas. Um, you know, we keep talking about the walk for change, and it's, uh, it's interesting. Um, the commitment already that has laid this event um, and, and been able to bring it to life. You know, it's funny. The, the ideas that spark something, if you look back through history and you see a lot of times people get uh, credited for ideas that they didn't have. And, you know, sometimes it's like, well, somebody got an idea, two guys were sitting together, and one guy actually made it happen. And you look out, you know, through the through, through the history of science and industry, and it's happened all the time where there was multiple people involved in a project and one guy got that spark of genius and the other guy had that commitment to making it happen. And, um, you know, a lot of times they get, they get the wrong – they get the raw end of the stick, and, and you know what's fair in life. You want to you you think that life is fair? Um, come and see me in private, and I'll explain to you um, some some reality. Anyways, that happens all the time. It happens in in activist work. It happens in 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 all sorts of aspects, and the walk for change certainly is is no shortage of that. So. You know, more than a, a year ago, the spark of the Walk for Change was happening, and some people were talking about walking and all of this. But what ultimately happened was a whole bunch of people got together and decided to bring this thing to life. I mean, geez, there was 20, 24, 25 people initially involved in the the, the actual planning and, and, and orchestrating and, and and figuring this thing out. It's a gigantic effort. And then people have come forward to sponsor this thing and say, well, you know, let's uh, let, let's raise this up and make it happen. People have donated hundreds, hundreds of hours, literally hundreds of hours have been donated to this effort thus far. And not by those that initially had these ideas. Some of them came and went. Some of them came and caused a bunch of drama and went. Some of them came and lost interest and went. Some of them came and had a problem with somebody and went. doesn't matter. What has happened is plenty have come aboard and gotten how important this is and that it's truly legacy work, that it's truly bigger than any of us. It's not something that any one of us can claim. This is a collaborative effort. This is an effort, and this is important. Because okay, as, as as activists are in the world, as people are, are out there claiming to be one thing or another, and it's certainly I, I recommend that you go through and do some vetting. Go through and look them up. See where, they, where, where were they two years ago, five years ago, ten years ago, whatever, whatever your mark is. See what's, what, what's up. See where they've been, where they come from. What were they saying two years, five years ago? What were they doing? You know, talking's great. Talking's important. Talking is, is getting a message out is part of what we do. 
And some people, that's what they do. All they do is talk. Great. What are you doing? What work are you doing? Where have you been? What are you doing? And maybe, maybe as important as all of these things are who you're working with. I would, I would, I would call this out. You know, people are always calling each other out. Oh, I'm calling you out. I'm calling you out. Okay, cool. Well, I'm calling out everybody that's not working with somebody. It's not working with a lot of people. The Human Solution International has been beating a drum of unity for 10 years. And we continue to beat that drum of unity. And I think it's that important. And I got two special guests on the line right now. This is, you talk about serendipity and and uh, and uh, unity. I got one special guest that's just popping in. And we got Mr. Craig Cecil that uh, is connecting his audio with us. And on the other line, I got Mr. George Martorano, who just joined in. And I'm going to bring them both up live. Hey, Craig, how's it going? Can you hear me? Yes, sir, Joe. I'm here. I'm here. Awesome. You did it. You did it. All right. Well, hang tough. I got uh, George Martorano just called in, so he's calling in on the audio line. George, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Hey, hey, I'm so happy. Uh, I've been smiling uh, since Greg's home and Dickie Lynn and Rufus. You know, I'm so happy, but I'm a little, uh, I could be wrong, but I'm a little annoyed also, Craig, that they hit you with, uh, you still have paperwork? Yeah. Oh, worse, worse than that. Um, I'm actually still a BOP prisoner. My sentence hasn't changed at all. I have at least so you, more, eight more years to do in the BOP, even though I'm on uh, home confinement for the BOP. I have so eight you years to do, I have five years of paper after that. So you got to call in your count. you got to call in your count. Yeah, you call in your count every day? You call in your count? Yep, yep. Uh, actually, I have to call twice every eight hours, and they call me twice every eight hours to verify I'm where I'm at, things of that yeah. nature. Uh, yeah. The yeah. Well, I... is, is, uh, at any time they can uh, pull me back into the Bureau of Prisons. Oh, boy. That's what I, you know, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to this, that's it's a terrible Guys like us, nonviolent first offenders for cannabis, and uh, we're still under scrutinization. Uh, Craig, I got I I I I wrote a letter. I got so tired of being on the government scrutinization after 32 years, 32 plus years, and then I had to do another three years on the street. And I got so tired of living in that that looking over my shoulder, even though I wasn't doing anything wrong. So tired of li- living in there. And one night, and Joe, Joe knows this, I sat down and just wrote a letter explaining that how can you keep a human being under scrutinization, fear over his head, for 35 years? And that's what, what that's now it's, you know, all this, all this, uh, uh, it's not prosecuting, prosecuting, the persecuting, all this persecuting. And that's why this country is upside down. All this persecuting and persecuting. You know, there's no, there's no. You take, just take the justice out of the criminal justice system. Take the justice, take the word out. So I'm just, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, 
real sorry to hear that, Craig. Anything I can do, anytime, anything you want me to write a letter, just explaining that, what I just explained. It's inhuman keeping people in constant fear. Right, Joe? Oh, my God. Uh, and, and, George, you know, I was just talking about unity and, and people that are working together and, 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 and people, you know, the, the only way that we're going to accomplish what we're, what we're setting out to, which is fixing these problems, you know, uh, changing the, the, the system from within the system. You know, Craig wants to get out there and, and lobby for, for uh, legislative changes. And, and, George, you've been doing all kinds of work on, on all kinds of projects, um, but the only way it really works is if we work together. So I think that this is a perfect example of at least us all agreeing that, you know, whatever we can do to help one another is, is, is out there. Well, it's just uh, a lot. Greg, number one, at least, at least you're, you're, out of the, you're out of the cage. That's, that's so important. But you live with – now you have to live with the fear factor, which I'm totally, you know – it's one thing to do time, and now you're doing mental time. You know, that's that's what this country has to change. It has to stop. It has to stop. So, like, again, anything I can do, uh, all my West Coast friends, D.D. Uh, Kirkwood and and, uh, and Liz and everybody, I just uh, I miss everybody. I wish I was out there. But now you can't go anywhere. You can't. You basically, you can't go anywhere. Uh, uh, you know, in this in this city right now, it's starting to uh, this pandemic is starting to uh, spike up again. It's just crazy. But fortunately, Greg, you know, I opened up. I wish I could spend some time with you. I would love to show you Philadelphia, my hip hemp cafe. Fortunately, the hemp industry is is really it's essential. It's essential with all these people uh, stressed out uh, and they can't come out. Uh, uh, fortunately, my business is doing well. So, uh, you know, if you ever wanted to talk about that, you know, you can. Uh, can you work, Greg? Can you go to work? Yes, yes, I, I can. The home confinement is actually, uh, they came up with a lot of the, the uh, rules for it under the Second Chance Act, which passed back in 2008. But guys were only getting two or three months of home confinement as part of their six months in the halfway house, usually. So what, what happened is, is the CARES Act uh, was signed into law by Trump back on March 27th. And what that did is it allowed the uh, Attorney General Barr to uh, send people from the Bureau of Prisons that he saw at risk for the COVID, that if he determined that they had no likelihood to commit another crime and no history of violence and all that, and that they were, you know, somehow heavily vulnerable to the COVID-19, that he could send them home for an unlimited amount of time on uh, home confinement. I, of course, have been sent for eight years. Uh, We look at, uh, you've probably seen in the news, Michael Cohen, uh, uh, President Trump's former lawyer. He had a three-year sentence. Ten months, and they sent him home to serve the rest of his sentence. Unfortunately, yeah. though, last Friday and last week, they caught him going out to restaurants when he's supposed to be on home confinement. So I'm gonna hopefully he doesn't make us all look bad. That's my hope. Yeah, yeah. I just uh, 
Look at the when you get a chance, uh, Greg, read the Holloway case, John Holloway case, Second Circuit District Court decision, and read into that. Maybe we can come up with uh, some kind of intelligent uh, request. It's called John Holloway. That's how I got back in. Uh, 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 Joe knows that situation. I mean, uh, like I said, if we got to put on. That was dealing with stacked gun charges, if I remember right. Now Holloway was a was a second time offender for carjacking, and I he was a he was a student of mine. Actually, I created I created the, the I wrote a letter. Uh, I don't want to I don't want to take away from the the, the the show tonight, but we can go in that when uh, when I, uh, I, I you know what I'll I'll <clears throat> can you communicate with anyone. Oh yes, I can email. I can I can talk on the phone. Hey George, I will give you Craig's contact information. I'll I'll send you his email oh, yeah, and text his phone number. Text, text directly. Me. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And so, oh, I need to talk to you, Greg, in another direction. Joe, I need. I I text you today. I got a situation where uh, I have some very but uh, from being uh, kept in for weeks and weeks. Uh, I have a couple uh, uh, elderly people, customers of mine. They, uh, they really, they really. Uh, uh, we have to. Uh, I have to talk to you about. I know Willow Creek Springs, your company, can help so many people. I, I have an idea that you can create a formula. I don't want to talk All about right. it on the we'll, show, but uh, we'll there's so many that. people that. Yeah, I mean, there, there's oh. some of my customers from being kept in. They had minor uh, uh, medical problems, and now it, it excels. They have serious. I have one one woman. She had uh, she had four children under ten years old, and they were weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks in the house. Well, this woman was so stressed out that she developed severe and that's and uh, digestive problems, severe, hospitalized, hey. and yeah. So I have to figure out something we have to create. Will, uh, to I'll call people. you first thing in the morning, George. All right. Okay. I'll call you first right. thing in the morning before before right. everybody gets going here. All right, Greg. Listen, it was a real pleasure uh, speaking with you. I'm so happy that you're home with the with, with the regular roof over your head and not no concrete cell ceiling. So happy for you. Thank you. Thank you, George. Yeah. You, you know my bed, but heck of a lot better than yeah. that two M. Matt, we, we got two years of sleep on yeah. <laughs> and the crappy Listen, food I, we ate every day. <laughs> Listen, it's 30, 32 years in a bunk, Joe. I swear, even though I'm in a bed, I always sleep to one little side. <laughs> I still yeah. feel like I'm in a bunk. I still got your cot if you need it, George. Yeah, I'll be there, brother. I'll be there. All right, All right. take care. Sure. I love everybody. Take care. All right, All right. take care. All right, so Craig, um, you know this is now that you found your way into the show again. Um, as I said before, you know you can every week we're doing this. You can pop in and be a co-host. You can all you got to do is just jump in the way you just did, and uh, whenever you've got time, uh, you can you can be here. We're 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 getting to the short strokes of the show though, um, and I know that I wanted to share you know with everybody that's watching right now, you know, you, you just got to go shopping for the first time since our last conversation. Um, and tell us what that was all about. You know, you hadn't been shopping in, 
18 years, um, things were a little different, no? Oh, everything's changed. Like I said, the, the first thing that I noticed is the money has completely changed. Even the coins are all different. I, I don't recognize the bill anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's all <laughs> Then I got to the grocery store. Numerous times. <laughs> then at the grocery store, I mean, I couldn't find a can of coffee. There's plastic containers of coffee. <laughs> and I mean, just so, just everything in the store changed. <laughs> then today, I went out to buy some clothes. And, uh, uh, I mean, I went to the TJ Maxx to, to look for clothes. And I was amazed at just how much the styles have changed, the fit has changed, the the uh, cost has changed. I mean, I you know, I wouldn't know. <laughs> Everything's different. Now, 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 Craig, you're supposed to be drinking Human Solution International and Walk for Change coffee only. So we're <laughs> going to have to get you a couple of bags. I'm not having you walking around the supermarket drinking that crap. You need to have a cup of coffee. Yeah, we actually have a. We actually have a a coffee manufacturer that has uh, sponsored a fundraiser for the Human Solution and the Walk for Change. So we actually have a a Human Solution coffee, and it's actually good coffee. It it does not come in a can, though. It it comes in uh, it comes in a bag. (laughs) Imagine that. In the prison at Georgia, I'll tell you, we got instant coffee, and you would try to heat the water using a, a piece of wire <laughs> and a little yeah, piece yeah, of yeah, welding yeah, wire, yeah, of yeah, wire yeah, as we yeah. called it, to heat the water. <laughs> well, for change coffee right there. <laughs> We're going to get you a bag of that immediately. There we go. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's, you know, it's such a different uh, world. But, you know, George brought up a, an important point, um, you know, and, Again, my experience with all this is just, it's not even in the same league, you know. I, I, I was never even sentenced. The time I spent was pre-trial. But I can remember being on bail for six years. And when you're on bail, you have that hanging over your head, that anything that you do, and it doesn't, they don't even need a reason. A judge can, can revoke your bond for no reason at all. And they did that for me. Um, and that was always hanging over your head that, you know, I can't get anything, nothing can go wrong or I'm going to get locked up for it. And George brought that up with you. I mean, you know, it's, it's almost, it's, a, it's worse than a bail situation because BOP could just, it's not even a judge that would need to do it. BOP, whoever's in charge of your, your file at that moment could say, you know what, violated, and you don't even need a judge's order to do it. So I mean that's got to no, be. No, there, there's no hearing. There's no, there's you know, there, there's no fighting back. I mean, guys in my situation have actually been sent back to the bureau of prisons because they got sick, and rather than them having to pay a medical bill and a real doctor out on the street, they they pulled them back into the bureau of prisons so they could treat them with their own doctors, which naturally cost a whole lot less. Absolutely. So. Um, you know, we're we're literally at the end of the show right now, but um, just just to kind of let you know that that the sometimes I do a recurring topic where we'll go deep into a topic. And this week we began a discussion on commitment and and the importance of commitment in in anything that that has value. And and we'll be talking about it probably for the next three or four shows. Um, but one of the things that I'm always talking about is 
is unity and, and, and people working together. You know, all the times that you called in to the show, um, you know, for the last seven years or so, um, you know, we've been talking about these same things. And, and I just wanted to get your thoughts on those those two ideas. Well, we need together to join together anybody that has uh, the inkling, join together and push our politicians. Why is the public opinion say that marijuana ought to be descheduled, that it, it just should be no longer illegal? Yet we can't get our politicians to vote on the myriad of bills that are already up there to accomplish just that. We, we need to join together, each and every one, sit down and send some emails, send some letters, make some phone calls, ask the politicians, why is this not coming up for a vote? Get it done. You know, the, the, actually, if, you're, if you call yourself a representative, go and represent us, you know, as the uh, U.S. House of Representatives. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, um, hang, hang tough real quick. Um, Tom Corby, who you know through the show and through our human solution efforts, always gets the last word on this uh, on this show. So I'm going to bring Tom up, and he's going to close the show down. Tom Corby, you're live on the air with me and Craig Cecil and Bobby Rodrigo. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, Joe, and all the great talkers today. George Monterano, Bobby Rodrigo, and so welcome to have Craig Cecil talking and not from in prison. It makes a big difference when we come for prisoners. Uh, these letters are so important. Uh, I have a letter here finished for uh, Glenn Keeling, and I would like to share it. And you still have time to send your letter, request for leniency and sentencing for Glenn, uh, Kimmel, and Keeley. And hey, Tom, give, give me one second real quick. I want to I lay that down for Craig just to make sure we're all on the same page. So, Craig, one of the things that we do a lot of is it, when somebody has either agreed to a plea deal or gets convicted, um, there's a place at sentencing where character reference letters um, are generally accepted by the court, and a judge will generally read them. And so one of the things that the Human Solution has always done from the very beginning is um, organized and, and made it uh, a call to action for people to uh, write a letter uh, of reference to the judge on behalf of somebody being sentenced. So. What Tom's talking about is one of the cases that we're supporting right now um, for Glenn Keeling and and uh, Peggy Kimmel. Go ahead, That's Tom. That's great. Go ahead, Tom. Oh uh, yeah. So uh, I want to read Donna's letter first, and it's, it's it's great that she can even and she's doing pretty good with her stroke situation, and. Uh, I would like to read her letter to whom it may concern. Now we have the judge's name uh, on my letter. I'm going to send them both in, especially the judge concerning Glenn and Peggy. I have been listening to their case on radio every Wednesday. My heart breaks every time I hear their case. They have really suffered enough. Peggy is not in good health, and they are both seniors. 
Thank you for taking the time to read this letter because no one should go to jail for this plant. Signed, Donna Corby. My letter, uh, I like to head it off with two Honorable Judge Ingraham from Tom and Donna Corby, T-H-I-N-S-T-L dot org. And our address in, in, in Horrible, <laughs> 425 Foothill. The subject is request for leniency and sentencing for Grand Keeling. Sir, please consider our request to find leniency and sentencing for Glenn Keeling, for not only was he within cannabis guidelines, but two grams is a very small amount. If there's no victim, how can there be a crime? My wife and I are in our mid-70s and have been using cannabis for over 50 years. We quit cigarettes uh, about 48 years ago, choosing cannabis instead. And believe me, I finally realized uh, what it is to be high, that indeed cannabis is good medicine. Uh, Mr. Keeney, we feel, would not be, in fact, a threat to society, but rather an asset, and we will vouch for that. That all being said, we ask that you hear our plea to consider leniency sentencing for Glenn. Thank you, Your Honor. Respectfully, yours, Tom and Donna Corby. Uh, That's the first time that we've had to write uh, a letter for both defendants, and I'm about ready to start uh, Peggy's letter now. Uh, I'm on with Glenn. Glenn said the the same, I can send this same uh, format in. So I'm getting on that now. So... This is what we do, and then well, we walk for change. Of course, always we want to veto these bad laws and end prohibition. That's our goal and vision, always at the Human Solution International. Uh, come and join us and help be the solution to end prohibition uh, and free all our POWs. Uh, I don't have a lot more today. Uh, again, the reason for it is because in Northern California, we've backed them down. We take them to trial always. We always get uh, all, all our, uh, excuse me, I, <laughs> I lost my breath. Don't forget to breathe. All our discovery, uh, when you get that discovery, uh, which is your police report is your first discovery, you want to start working the police report and send it to other advocates like Joe, uh, people that can help uh, help you, your case. And my good friend I've talked about, Toby Williams, when we got out of jail after four days, I don't know if we debated it had he not brought the big white pad and big letters, get your discovery. He told me that they... Most of what they're throwing at you, there's no probable cause. That's why we find, filed a 995 dismiss probable cause motion. Uh, and then he said, uh, this is all they have, and you're going to start building your case and get more than that. Well, we've certainly done that, thanks to the Human Solution International and all the help from many people coming for us. And that's what we do. We always take them to trial. We make no deals. 
Now, that doesn't mean that sometimes, like the healings, uh, we don't want to second-guess their decision that, uh, they, that they had to make this plea deal, and we just hope that these letters will at least keep them out of jail, and uh, no one should go to jail for a plant anyway in the first place. So, uh, also, green life for change. Uh, when we walk for change, and uh, green life matters, as Toby said. And uh, I want to thank everybody today and uh, coming together in prohibition and we all our POWs. We can't stress that enough. And uh, I don't forget to breathe. Thank you, Joe, and all today, uh, Becca and... Uh, Candace Dyer and Lisa Woolridge and all those on the front line coming together to be the solution to end prohibition. All right, thank you so much, Tom. I, uh, as always, uh, appreciate you uh, putting your time in at the end of the show. And Craig, do you have um, a last uh, parting shot here? Yes, I, I would like. Uh to see if Glenn's Court is if be on your website with an address for us to mail to. It is, absolutely. I, I would like to write from a perspective that few people can where I'm actually serving uh, uh, what the judge gave me to be a life sentence for marijuana that even the prison doesn't think I ought to be in prison. Absolutely. And and it is right there. I'll, I'll, I'll send you a link that takes you right to the call to action that has everything you need. And that would be wonderful if you could if you could write that letter. And you know, it's it's one of these things that if people realize how easy it is to 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 do something, this one simple gesture, if enough of us do it, you know, we're reaching thousands of people every day, and all the different people that were sharing this message, there's tens of thousands of people being reached. My my question is, imagine if that court got ten thousand letters. Do you think they might take it seriously? I bet they would. Every letter represents a thousand people that think it, and uh, that's that's the impact of actually writing a physical letter. As you know, it's a it's a, a letter writing campaign that convinced the warden and the director of the bureau of prisons that I'd be sent home. If not for those letters, I'd still be sleeping on that cot and eating that crummy food. Absolutely. Well, I'm, I, it, it, it raises my heart every time I see you out here or see you at all, period. I never did see you when you were behind bars. So on that level, I guess I'm glad I, I, I had always planned on getting up there to see you and never did. So um, anyways, well, we got a little uh, – we closed the show down. Willie Nelson many years ago did an endorsement for us, so I'm going to play that so you can hear it. And um, I want to really thank Becca and all those that have decided to not only come together in unity – but that have stayed committed to this cause and these causes and have stayed the course and continue to come aboard. So to all you, I salute you, and I appreciate you being here. Hi, I'm Willie Nelson, and the Willie Nelson Teapot Party and I endorse The Human Solution, supporting cannabis prisoners because no one should go to jail for a plant. Little things I should have said and done you were always on my 